You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. Second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to Pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at thousands of dollars in total prizes every day of the hockey playoffs and basketball. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. I'm joined here after a big fucking dub for La Montreal Canadien, we have split the series in Vegas, coming home to the Bell Center. How are you, Corey? I'm pretty, pretty drunk right now. I uh, had a fantastic night. Got to go watch it on a television for once, not a computer. It was really, it was really something. Uh, no, uh, what you call it? No white Russians. Uh, so I guess I'm just drinking beer. This is the new one. We're just on. On IPAs right now. We'll try that. IPAs. Uh, fantastic night, though. Nasty. Man. Yeah. Over, what, what wait till you're like 25. You'll start to like your palate will change again, I guess. <laughs> My palate will change. Every seven years. Got to give it seven years. I mean, I'm going to college in the fall, so I'm on that. I'm going to be on that buck of beer grind. Yeah, yeah, oh, a yeah. A little, little bit of Natty Light. A little bit of Keystone Light. Fucking Keystone Light. Bush. Ugh, worst beer on the planet. But, yeah, great fucking win for the boys. Had me a little bit worried near the end there. But, you know, we pulled through. Price was phenomenal. Made a couple game-saving saves, stops to uh, keep them in it. Um, Players of note, uh, I guess we'll start by uh, our quarterback from the back, number 26 from the depths of hell. Fucking the demon looking ass himself, Jeff Petrie, just coming in with just bloodshot eyes. Looked like I said he was straight out of the depths of hell. 
and he made an impact right away, assisted on that to fully goal. The breakout was noticeably better, had a few key blocks, key breakout passes. I thought he was phenomenal tonight. Phenomenal. I mean, how about just uh, the expectation of not even seeing him in this game? Uh, he wasn't even on, you know, the Canadians drop a uh, a lineup right, you know, pregame, pretty late into it, almost uh, to game time. He's not listed. It's funny enough, his dad listed, uh, had told somebody, and it was just surging on Twitter, that before the game, he was like, my son will play tonight. And sure enough, uh, me and Dave were super excited. He pointed at the screen. Jeff Petrie comes out with the fucking the red line eyes out there, just fucking looking like a Pokeball. Uh, <laughs> but, man, he – I mean, it's just great. It's just a great feeling after uh, after a big win and feeling like the team's that much better with, with, uh, with Jeff Petrie out there, you know? Yeah, and apparently, according to his wife, it was much worse a week ago. We're not sure what caused it, but basically it's just a hemorrhage in the eyes, some burst, some bursted blood vessels. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I was making jokes that the fucking weed in Vegas must hit different. <laughs> but... A little bit of a, a fucking somebody. Somebody had brought it up to me on, on Twitter, uh, a, a little Louisiana Vegas fan, and I put uh, smelling salt kush, you know, like a little bit of a little pregame. <laughs> <laughs> well it's the painkiller right just get fucking high mm-hmm. off your mind you don't feel anything um Jesus. yeah but i like you said played phenomenally uh weren't even expecting to see him the habs actually announced the lineup two hours prior to the game and he wasn't in it so it was definitely a very pleasant surprise um another standout he kind of faded near the end of the game as things got tighter but cole caulfield was absolutely phenomenal tonight he created that to fully goal by just his stick i've noticed about cole caulfield his stick handling is very quick like he it's it, i don't know if it's because he's small but he kind of it looks very choppy and quick and mm-hmm. he faked this shot and obviously you have to respect the shot and pass it to Toffoli for a beautiful goal to uh extend his point streak to eight games in the playoffs uh so i thought he was a key standout obviously like i said faded near the end but you know things got tighter he wasn't playing as much it's well, he had, a, he had a great look uh, a little bit, probably about midway into the game, maybe closer to the third. Um, he had that nice look. He was at the the right of uh, Flurry's net uh, at the bottom of the screen. He kind of threw it. It looked like it was going dead center all the way to the right, and it was a gap in but, and uh, Flurry's pad. So um, he just had a really remarkable look also. And I told Dave, you know, Dave's like, you know, he's already got a goal. Look for this kid to be a little bit looser, a little bit more. And he uh, was expressive. This entire team was very expressive tonight. Uh, just the little things, little small, little uh, just minor, minor passes to move the puck uh, away from a little bit of a, a scrum happening along the boards, you know, just, just played such an impressive game tonight. Yeah, I was very impressed with Cole Caulfield. I think it was clear the um, confidence he received from that goal was pretty great. And just his confidence on the puck has been phenomenal. He knows that he can already slice through guys. Like he knifes through guys and makes plays. And it's funny because he doesn't only create stuff for himself. He creates it for others like to because guys realize that you give that guy an inch, he's firing the puck past you and they play him real fucking tight. And I think that's why we've seen him getting these nice assists lately. Um, obviously I don't, I think it goes without saying Carey price was phenomenal tonight. But another player who didn't show – I don't know. Actually, I don't know if he showed up on the score sheet. I don't think he did. 
but I thought played phenomenally as well was Nick Suzuki, almost scored an absolute screamer, made key defensive plays. I thought he was just absolutely exceptional tonight. Yes, he was. Uh, what you call it? No, he he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't part of of any of the uh, any of the goals. Excuse me, but uh, he looked really good. There was um, there was a couple of moments like the entire team looked like they were trying to do. It, it looked like NHL at some points, you know, like a little bit of a little NHL 21 out there, uh, a lot of dangles. Um, but that one off of, off of uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, right, where he was able to try to spin back around, turn turn back oh, and put it, and he padded it up, you know. Obviously, Carey Price had a, had a great game, but so did, so did Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, a couple of things moved past him, but um, there were so many shots that were just remarkable saves by him. And, and I'd, I'd have, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring that up, but uh, I just remember seeing that and I was like, Oh my God, that's, that's the type of goals that are going to get us through this series. If we move on, like uh, the first one, uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but this fourth line has been uh, incredible, but uh, it's goals like, uh, excuse me, it's goals like uh, Armia's that are, if we have a, a true shot at this, moving past this team, it's going to be goals like that, finding a way past Marc-Andre Fleury and catching a, uh, a very rare rebound off of him. Uh, and that was Armia's fifth of the season. I don't think it can be – I don't think it can be overstated how effective that fourth line and how pivotal they've been to our success. Not just Corey Perry or Armia. Eric Stahl has put up – I don't have the number right off my hand. A phenomenal amount of points. They have 24 combined points, 10 goals. They have played exceptionally. They go battered and bruised, fucking mess up guys behind the net on the forward check in tight. They're all huge, but they have all got great sticks too. And they work so well together. And right before they scored, they were cycling around behind the net. And I said to my dad, when they play like this, good shit happens. And like 30 seconds, <laughs> well, not 30, like a few seconds later, Armia scored. It was phenomenal. Well, um, Eric Stahl's got one goal for seven points uh, in the playoffs <clears throat> right now. Um, but how, how about uh, hold, holding each other accountable and sticking up for each other? That uh, that Perry hit was a, was a bit nasty. But uh, love seeing Eric Stahl just just trying to jump in there for his line mate, and then you know just great to see Corey Perry bounce up and and just you know continue to jab back at it. But uh, Ryan Reeves is a fucking donkey. <laughs> what a fucking loser! That guy contributes absolutely nothing. He's just there to hurt people. And I know we I think we discussed it last time. He's a fucking dinosaur in the NHL, and I'm I'm gonna absolutely hate him, but. What really pissed me off, like not officiating, we, we will talk about that, but mm -hmm. what pissed me off more from the Vegas bench was Pete DeBoer trying to fucking yell at the refs that they called the play when Edmondson's laying face down on the ice. Are you talking about – um when he got cross-checked in the back. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. they called the play, and DeBar spent, like, 30 seconds complaining about them. Like, sh dude, shut the fuck up. I know it's the semifinals. Show some goddamn respect. The guy's laying about, face uh, down on the ice. You mm -hmm. fucking call the play. Right. How about the one with uh, – uh, I can't see who's, who's grabbing him, but uh, kind of grabbed him from behind and just kind of threw him to the, to the ground right by the boards. That was kind of – through sorry, through who? What? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. 
uh, Ben Sherrod get knocked to the ground. Um, he got he got grabbed from behind. Players like right on his back, kind of hugs him from behind and just brings him down, uh, kind of with like the top of his body, like around his neck. Yeah. So it was behind Carey Price. It was a bit excessive, but uh, there was a lot of missed calls, and I think <clears throat> it's absolutely bullshit that Vegas didn't have a penalty kill. Like they didn't kill a single penalty. Montreal didn't get a single power play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw someone making jokes that Vegas didn't play like saints, you know, talking about the uh, New York Islanders comment, but it's true. Okay. Vegas is a dirty team. They should get penalized a lot, especially with the way they play. They take penalties they are a rough, bruising, grinding team. They should almost never finish a game without a penalty kill. Right. And there were some very blatant ones. The most blatant, I think, of all was Nick Suzuki trying to skate to the bench mm-hmm. and getting just hacked down onto the ice. Like, clearly, like, the stick just went straight between his legs, tripped him in front of the official, halves iced it, and it led to the second goal that got Vegas back into the game. That was absolutely brutal. We saw Kelly Frazier, a retired referee, tweeting about it, saying that was a penalty. And in regards to the Edmonton one as well. But I don't know. I just, I know that a lot of people say, you know, it's good. Keep the ref's whistle in the pockets. If they're doing it for both teams, fine. But Montreal had to kill two, three penalties tonight. Two of them. Like, dude, you got to give us one. (laughs) I don't like the um, game management, quote unquote, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. I get that, but holy fuck. Like <laughs> you're, you're going to ignore some of that shit. You better give us a fucking call. It's brutal, man. Right. It's almost like a cash back, a cash back feature. Like, like a fucking ATM now. It's like, oh, uh, well, uh, we didn't give you anything today, but we'll, we'll give you a percentage maybe next game. You know, we might be up 2% on, on a on a possible call uh, going home. But, yeah, it's tough. Uh, like you said, it's a very – this is a very abusive team, and I don't mean any disrespect to them. They just play a I very – <laughs> I mean play, disrespect. <laughs> they're just a very uh, <clears throat> heavy-hitting team. They, they come with a, a lot of tenacity. And, you know, uh, game two, it seemed – you know, it seems like after 60 minutes, we look like we have uh, a little bit of an idea to play against them. But uh, what what is uh, possibly a moment? Was it like a set apart moment in this in this game tonight? Maybe nothing that was like a goal, or maybe just something that was uh, that was just mid game that that really helped keep momentum with us. Um, I just thought the play of our youth, especially like in the play of our fourth line, like the young guys have come in and battled every night. Um, I thought KK didn't have a great game, but I thought he played decently. Josh Anderson kept off the score sheet. I thought actually played pretty well, had a few great looks, but if I had to pick one big difference, it's gotta be Jeff Petrie because Montreal was able to go back to their game plan of playing four defensemen, rotating them out, making them play big minutes. And they were getting some breakout, like, Romanov is going to be that guy for us someday. Mm-hmm. He will, but he's not yet. And it was just clear the impact Jeff Petrie had on the game right away, even injured. He is our breakout. Like 
the guy competes, he's tough, he can make defensive plays, he can provide offense. He is our best defenseman. He's the best defenseman in the North Division. Um, and he shows why. Like, the guy is a gamer, and this team needs him to win. So it's just great that we had him back. Like, he single-handedly changes everything for the Montreal Canadiens. I really think he's that vital. Awesome. No, uh, I agree. Uh, I mean, one game back, and we still won away. Uh, he's just just something about him when he's out there. You know, I, f- I feel like he he really is a, a stand-up um, captain amongst amongst the teammates, you know, just just a leader in the room. But uh, I guess for mine – now, I don't know who got who, – who did it, um, but it was a play I noticed in the first period – our first, uh, our first penalty. Whoever laid the laid down and uh, and blocked that opportunity off of one of the first shots on goal for Vegas uh, in the power play was, uh, I think that was that was so that was so big for us because uh, that first power play, um, we kind of we kind of controlled it a little bit, but there was they were also we were looking at Vegas was uh, was getting good chances coming up. Um, with a with an odd matchup coming in, you know, like a, a two on one or a three on two uh, situation, and just to lay the body like that, whoever whoever laid out and got that, kudos to them. But uh, I guess my player, I got to go with uh, Philip Deneau, and I know that they gave him the first star, but the did they really? I didn't yeah, stick around to watch it. The uh, the last four um, face offs, Deneau won three of them, and they were so crucial. I believe it was two in our on, in our end. Uh, yeah, two or three in our end and one in theirs, and it was just uh, th- it was so clutch. In fact, he had a uh, 61 overall percentage uh, in this game. This is the best face-off uh collective I've seen from the Canadians. <clears throat> they were dominant. The season 58 percent is a statement, especially coming off uh the previous night with with a 56. That's that's great, but um, you see. What happened tonight? Uh, two goals off the faceoff. This is something that we've kind of talked about on the podcast. Is uh, something that kind of gets away from us. We we let away a lot of faceoffs, but uh, two dominating games, um, faceoff wise. But tonight was the was the big one. I've never seen it that that percentage that high in a while. Well, I think it's important that we we do talk about that more because we talk about Montreal was at one point sixty six percent on the faceoffs, and. Vegas had still scored two goals off the faceoff. We need to be that dominant because if you can imagine, if we're that dominant, and they still to score two goals off the faceoff. There's problems if they're if they're beating us. Right. If they're over fifty five percent, we're in trouble. And you know, they, I think there are a lot of things we can do to change that. I think they had some lucky bounces in the first game. Price got unlucky getting screened, but you can do things to change that. You can change your stick position. You can box guys out from in front of your goalie, which Montreal typically has done very well in the playoffs so far. But I got to say, pushing Toronto around is a lot different than trying to push Vegas around. (laughs) Yeah, these kids look massive. Yeah, and it's something we're going to have to make adjustments for, but it's something I think Montreal is capable of. Another big thing – It's not really talked about a lot, but uh, our hits and blocks, uh, 53 hits to their 45, and then uh, 26 blocks. Um, we don't really bring that up a lot, but I think that's that was very important this game is that we, we did not allow them to feel like they can physically dominate us, and then we found a way to disrupt them even further. Um, 
defensively with with everyone on the team. Um, man, this was this was one of the best games I've seen. Uh, this team definitely showed that they belong uh, to be present in these playoffs. You know. Uh, especially this this deep in, into the playoffs. Um, I feel like this was a, a very dominating win and a, a win that uh, it might not be anything, but if it is, this is like the type of win that oh, you this could is say. Huge. This, this is one that you could say is a, is, a pinnacle, is a pinnacle point. You know, like you've been doubted two series. This is a, a third series you doubted. You get waxed the first game. And it really wasn't that, I don't know. I don't even want to talk about that. We did all right. But um this, I is think, a, this is a statement, you know, this is, it just proves that this team isn't going to dominate us like they think, I guess. I Even think if it's one win. Montreal taking this game and splitting the series at Vegas is huge because, you know, that it's a barn. <laughs> it's a tough building to play in and Montreal being able to split it is vital and we're going into our home games now with an opportunity to come out, go into Vegas 3-1. When you look at it that way, you realize it's a big win for Montreal. It's a, it's a fact. Uh, Britannia Emrith on Twitter posted, uh, Tyler Toffoli's now at a, a, uh, a ninth, a nine-game uh, point streak. Last time that was done was 1992-93 with Vincent uh, Danfaus. Toffoli? Yeah. Wow. I saw two call uh, Cole Caulfield has the longest point streak by a 20 year old player since um fuck who was it? I'm blanking now. <laughs> uh number 27, 1987. I know the stat. I just can't think of the name. Our team? Yeah, fucking Yeah, whatever. <laughs> someone someone will know who I'm talking about. I you know, I'm too young, so I can't I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it was a pretty impressive stat nonetheless for a franchise as old as Montreal. Yeah. That's awesome. And and obviously we're still waiting on that uh for uh Kaka and Niami to find the back of the net and uh just move higher up in that, you know, the youngest youngest guys list. Um but man, uh, any anything else you want to talk about? I know I know this one's going to be a little bit short. We're recording right after the game, folks. But um, anything else that really stuck out to you in this game? Um, no, not like honestly. I'm too tired. Particularly, <laughs> it's it's twelve forty seven um in Eastern Standard Time, so I'm a little tired. But yeah, I think uh, we've covered a lot of it. Um. Unfortunately, I'm going to be working Sunday, so you're going to have to take the reins for that for uh, that game. But I'll be uh, having a fucking grand old time. Restrictions have eased a little bit in Ontario, so I'll have a few of the boys over. A awesome. absolutely belligerent Avs fan who wants nothing more than to see Vegas fail after what they did to them last series. So it's going to be a fun time. Probably have some stories to share on Monday about that. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, – I'm just excited to see what the Bell Center is going to be like. There's going to be 3,500 people there. Obviously, it's a little disappointing that there's not more. But Quebec is doing it right. They only had 100 cases of COVID-19 today. Great. And, you know, in a few weeks, we could 
possibly see the Bell Center. You know, if Montreal sticks around in the playoffs, we can maybe see the Bell Center at half capacity. May pray for full, but I doubt it. We were talking about that, actually. Uh, I was talking with Dave. I was like, how crazy is it? Um, one, the crowd was very quiet tonight. And um, obviously, you know, things change. But um, just how intense they were, when they got, especially after it went to uh, 3-2. Um, it got super loud in there. And I was looking at Dave, and I'm like, dude, just – Two, you know, 18 plus thousand fans is going to sound a lot different from uh, two five. So hopefully that that uh, French Habs fan is right that that two five is going to sound like, you know, 25,000. Uh, <laughs> but we definitely have to bring it. Uh, and I love the fact that there was a lot of Habs fans at this game. Um, it just made me happy. <laughs> yeah, understandably so. And there uh, was a there was a sea of red, really. Like there was yeah, a decent was amount of little blotches everywhere. Look like um, like uh, all like a map of all of uh, Michigan's fucking lakes. <laughs> Just little dots everywhere, little collections of it. Um, hey, did you did you happen to catch that? Uh, they had that. They have a Leafs fan with like a a fucking Canadians. Uh, look like he just printed it on on some paper and just taped it to his fucking jersey. I didn't see that, but I did see. We need to mention it. Cause we got to plug our fucking daddy Dino shirts. But <laughs> did you see the two halves fans with pizza, pizza hats? They had pizza. Oh, no, that's awesome. They were wearing pizza on their heads. It was fucking amazing. That is awesome. Now I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to keep a lookout for that, especially next game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, folks, those, uh, those shirts are available. We dropped the price down a little bit. Um, did not realize how expensive it was to ship to Canada, and that's just not fair to you guys. Um, oh yeah, it was like what 30, 35 bucks. <laughs> yeah, thirty five bucks Canadian. Because I sent I sent one, and we, we didn't talk about it. Uh, we'd like to thank Nate Thomas. Uh, if if maybe we did talk about him, a bit fucked up, but uh, Nate Thomas, uh, a guy from the Quack Report, that the Quack Report, the, the Ducks team on uh, THPN, uh, came up with the design design for us, and when I happened to ship his to him. I was like, it was like plus $13 just to ship to Canada. I was like, that's not, that's fucking bullshit. So I dropped it down. And I was like, it's not fair to anybody that wants to buy their shirt. You know, so we dropped the price down a good bit for you guys. But uh, that shirt and our Habs Nightly shirts are available at what Habs Nightly dot what for apparel. You could find our merch page. But uh, shit, Mason, you got anything else, bud? Any, uh, any golf stories? Uh, well, I went golfing with the old man this year. Okay. A little par nine called the Mill, my hometown. And the Mill. You know, I've I've been talking. I've been on a heater lately, right? Playing the best golf of my life, just ripping up courses. Finally, like pretty av- like pretty like consistently shooting mid nineties, playing well feeling good my drive's been on well we talked i think i think we discussed right how my drive's been kind of hooking a little bit weirdly lately you know i was trying to sort it out so i thought you know i'll take the old man out he golfs like once a year he's old right whatever that's rude but okay (laughs) oh (laughs) fucking hell did the world bring me down a peg I shot the worst round I have shot 
in a year and a half. Fucking, I I played this course. Okay, I played. It's a par nine. It or sorry, yeah, it's a it's a nine hole course. Par is thirty four. I shot forty five a week a week before coming here. Fucking get out there. First hole is a par five. I made a ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, get to uh, you know. I think I bogeyed the next two holes. Get to the fourth hole. Halfway through, here's here's how how my day goes. Halfway through the hole, it's a part long par four. Cart breaks down. I have to go to the clubhouse, get a new cart. My dad is going for his second par of the day, or no? I think he was he was putting for birdie. Uh, anyway, so I finished the day shooting a nice solid 64. I pretty much doubled um, the par for the course. Worst, worst I've shot all year. Worst I have ever shot. This was the third course I ever golfed. Okay, so it was the third shot worse than I've ever shot here before. Mm-hmm. When I was beginning, I started at this course. And this man pulled in a fucking 44, the best round he's fucking shot in years, <laughs> made multiple pars. I saved myself too. I made a par and I still shot 64. This guy just fucking, I don't know, decided to show me that the, uh, the youth movement hasn't taken over next yet. Got to respect my elders props to my dad for absolutely kicking my ass. But yeah. The uh, the swing's broken right now, so we'll have to get about fixing that at the driving range. Man, I love it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hate on you, but love you, Dad. Came out there and just fucking greased it up all day. <laughs> Still got it, fucking fucking slimy bastard, man. Talking about, ooh, I haven't golfed this. <laughs> dimes a he hits the ball, a dimes a drive. His first shot, I'm like, uh oh, no, we're in man. one. Oh, it was brutal. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, well, folks, we're about to wrap it up. Before Mason closes us out, I wanted to bring up uh, Mason's favorite Louisiana hockey team has taken the South Division. That is the, the Shreveport Sh- Mudbugs. They're going to be Shrevish playing <laughs> Shevers Pit. Uh, Mudbugs uh, are going to be in the conference final. They'll be playing, uh, I believe it is um, the main Nordiques. Pretty sick. The um, main Nordiques. Make it make sense of it. I don't know. If they got a Florida Lee, you know, obviously uh <laughs> the, the really OG um that uh that like sky powder powder blue with so the red. Basically a bunch of Quebecers from Quebec City just uh-huh. fucking took a two hour trip to Maine and hundred percent a hockey team. Hundred percent. Just a little shuttle system uh back and forth. But uh that's awesome. Pretty sick. The Shreveport's uh, looking really good. They're in the final four, obviously, uh, but won their their championship, which is called the Robertson Cup, back in uh, 2018. Looking to do it again, but uh, keep you informed, Mason. I don't think anyone else fucking cares. But uh, I mean, man, let's hop on the Shreveport train. Oh, I'm on it. We need to get you believing. But uh, once I uh, once I believe it's actually a place, maybe I'll be able to uh, hop on the train. But until dude, I get back. You'd love it. You'd love it because you're going there and there's people wearing the Mudbugs jerseys. And then it's just, uh, it's almost like 
um like you the want, talk you show me a picture of this place right yeah it's little it's not the talk biggest about place a fucking barn dude it looks like it it's a barn it's, yeah it's beautiful <laughs> it, it's awesome it's in, it's in a dome uh it's like the mini Superdome. It's all red and shit. But um, mini Superdome. What I like about it, it's like a comic con, dude. So you got people that are there wearing their Mudbug stuff, and then you just have a collective of just hockey fans wearing their their team's pride. So it, it's it's wild. Like you can just go in there and have a conversation with anybody, and everyone's got their favorites. Everybody's got their rivals and shit like that. I think it's cool. Just go up in there with a Canadian jersey, and people want to fucking talk to you. Or, or, you know, or any type of jersey. It's, it's sick. You see a lot of uh, OG jerseys in there, too. Uh, a lot of older fans that are just rocking, like, uh, like a Mike Modano fucking uh, OG North Stars jersey and shit like that. Uh, it's pretty cool. But, um, fuck, we are, we're just on a, a rambling train. So uh, why, don't you, why don't you take us out of here, my friend? Well, obviously, I don't know. I think it's been a little shorter of an episode. But you know, right about 30 minutes right here, so. We're a little tired. Uh, we'll probably have a bigger one. We usually do on this on the uh, Sunday recording, the Monday mm-hmm. episode. Anyway, uh, once again, just thank you guys for uh, the support. Obviously, we're fucking pleased. Got absolutely ripped tonight to the Habs' big victory. Um, coming away one-one from Vegas is uh, that's a dub. Like we're in, we're doing what we came out to do. Going in 2-0 would have been great, but at least we're not coming out 0-2. Going back to the Bell Center, the place is going to be buzzing. Um, You know, just excited to come back and talk to you guys, hopefully after two victories in the Bell Center. Um, Once again, thanks for listening, and that'll be Habs Night for tonight. Talk to you guys later. Thank you all so much. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Corey Francois. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, this game. This game is this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually, they actually made me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network.